Hallo, 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 hallo. Willkommen, bienvenue, come on in. Uh, welcome, my name is Pete Morgan. This is the Puppy Podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about the lives of our two dogs, four-year-old Lincoln and nearly eight-month-old Elvis. Uh, turns out I've been counting wrong, because I've been saying, oh yeah, he's about nearly seven months now. No, he's nearly eight months. In fact, at the time of recording this, he's going to be eight months old tomorrow uh, on the uh, on the 29th. We do talk about Elvis more, though, because he is uh, the puppy. And on the other hand, the other kind of purpose of this podcast is for all of you. All of you puppy owners and dog owners and dog lovers can come together, share your experiences, share your trials and your tribulations in the hope that we just all become better puppy and dog owners. So if you've got any questions, and I love it when you get in touch with questions uh, about your dog or about your puppy, and you and you think that the Puppy Podcast family can help, do get in touch. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at The Puppy Podcast, on Instagram at The Puppy Podcast, on Twitter at Puppy Podcast, or quite simply, you can always email us uh, the Puppy Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast as well. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, uh, and uh, thank you so much if you're doing that and subscribing on that. And if you're joining us for the very first time, because every week now I'm kind of getting messages from new people or I'm seeing new people commenting on things on social media, um, just saying, hi, you know, I'm here for the first time, enjoying the podcast. You have no idea um, how much that means and how happy that makes it because this this podcast really was just kind of started as a little just a little thing just <laughs> and here we are at episode 30 how did that happen we're at episode 30 and uh it's you know it, it seems to be really taking off the past couple of weeks we've had more listeners than we've ever had before which is lovely so whether you are joining us for the first time or whether you are you know, you're here and have been from the very beginning. You are very, very welcome. This week's episode, as always, is dedicated to one dog and one dog in particular because they are indeed Puppy Dog of the Week. And this week uh, is dedicated to Brandy. Oh, little Brandy. Now, Brandy's mum, Carol, has been kind of, again, commenting on and getting involved with the podcast from the very, very early days. Um, and I can't believe it's taken her so long uh, to nominate. Um, so she sent us an email. We had a bit of an email conversation about Brandy, so I can give you some more details about Brandy. And obviously, we'll put pictures up on social media throughout the week. Generally, Monday is when we, uh, well, I put the first picture up of Brandy, and then normally kind of Wednesday, Thursday, just to remind everyone who this week's episode has been all about. Um, Brandy is a Jack Russell, uh, which is my, I mean, my family had Jack Russells growing up. Uh, my gran had two Jack Russells. Uh, we had a Jack Russell. My sister's got, uh, well, now just got one Jack Russell, one sadly passed. Um, and uh, Brandy looks an absolute smasher. Uh, I mean, as I say, I've seen a few pictures of Brandy and Brandy, he just looks great. Um, and uh, I asked um, Carol, uh, Brandy's mum, just some of the questions that when I'm talking to you, I ask 
about, you know, why choose uh, Jack Russells. And apparently they chose the breed because Carol's auntie had one. And I can understand that, that kind of, okay, well, there's going to be some kind of connection and some kind of bond immediately between dogs of the same breed. So you feel a kind of, and of course, if you've developed a bond bond with that particular dog, you kind of want to stick with the same breed uh, as well. Um, I always ask this question. I'm always fascinated about stories behind names. Why Brandy? Uh, and Carol was saying that her last dog, who was a Westie, who were again just so cute, uh, quite they don't seem to like Labradors for some reason. So every time we come across a, wed- a Westie, they bark their head off. Uh, Lincoln and Elvis now, by extension. Uh, Lincoln, of course, just shies away, and Elvis just gives it back as hard, <laughs> as, hard as it can. He just barks back louder. Um, but um, Carol says her last dog was a Westie, was called Whiskey, so they decided to follow the trend. So, you know, just keep it boozy, and why wouldn't you? Um, always ask about what advice would you give, because that's one of the main kind of um, ideas behind the podcast is that we all just share our own experiences because, you know, you can write in books or you can read as many books as you like or go on as many, you know, go and, and speak to as, as many kind of dog trainers as you like. But it's speaking to people like you and me who've, who, who have done it, who can speak from, you know, kind of the coal face, as it were, of, what well, this is what I found. Because sometimes... The stuff that uh, dog breeders, dog trainers and professional dog owners miss or maybe take for granted is an absolute culture shock for us. Um, so this is why I always ask, I always ask every owner we get on about advice because, I, you know, I think it's important. And Carol says uh, the advice uh, that she thinks other owners should have is to, to make sure you choose the right breed uh, for you. So, you know, if maybe, I don't know, mobility is an issue, for goodness sake, don't choose a dog like a, a sheep dog that's going to need an awful lot of exercise. Um, if you can, you know, if you live in a flat, maybe a smaller breed might be good for you. Although I've got two friends um, who live in a flat and they have got the biggest dog in the world. <laughs> Every time you see a picture, the dog's in it. No matter where in the flat they've taken this picture, the dog is in it somewhere. I don't think, I think the dog kind of spreads out and is right throughout this flat that they live in. Um, or apartment, if you're uh, listening in America. I can only apologise for that terrible accent. Please, I've already offended Scottish people. The last thing I want to do is offend Americans. Uh, and I was asking if Brandy would become big-headed by being named Puppy Dog of the Week. And uh, Carol says, no, he'll take fame in his stride. Uh, which is good. So this week's episode, this week's Puppy Dog of the Week, is wonderful, cute, beautiful Brandy. Uh, and that is wonderful. So Brandy will get a certificate in the next couple of weeks. And of course, you can nominate your dog as well. So that's why we started Puppy Dog of the Week. So we can celebrate you guys. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously we celebrate Lincoln and we celebrate Elvis as well, but I just thought it was nice to do something to celebrate your dogs, your puppies. So that's why we started off Puppy Dog of the Week. I have to do that every time I say the title. Um, so certificates always handed out. It would be lovely if you came on the podcast and told us a little bit about your dog. But as you've just heard with Carol, 
she just wanted to do it on email, and that's just as good as well. We get to find out quite a bit about you, which is lovely. Nominations can only be submitted by email uh, if you want to nominate your dog. Just email me a photo and a couple of details about them to thepuppypodcast at gmail.com. The Puppy Podcast at gmail.com. And they get that week's episode dedicated to them. Uh, they get mentioned on social media. And generally, we just make a fuss. And you can see on the pictures, so many people coming and going, how cute. Oh, how lovely. In fact, somebody, Watson, who was a puppy dog of the week, a couple of weeks ago, Watson, somebody came on and asked for Watson's autograph, which Watson's going to become a superstar, which is lovely. Uh, and I did mention on social media uh, that we didn't have any nominations. We've got a couple of nominations in, but we can always do with some more. So if you're there going, eh, I don't know if I am going to nominate. I Absolutely, you should nominate uh, your puppy or your dog because we should be celebrating all of them, which is lovely. Uh, and in fact, talking about people who've been Puppy Dog of the Week, I want to mention Kipper. Um, Kipper was uh, Puppy Dog of the Week. <laughs> if there was a way of getting out of it, then I would. But I've made a contract with myself now that I'm going to make that noise every time I say the title of the feature. Um, so Kipper was celebrated by the podcast uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, Kipper's mum, uh, Melissa, got in touch um, to say that um, uh, she's uh, she, she was t- going off to be spayed or neutered or done is what generally i think we all have that as the parlance don't we oh yeah i'm taking the dogs to be done she's been done uh but uh, and melissa's been keeping us up to date with that and said that uh, kipper's doing well and she sent a picture through a few days ago with instead of kind of the the the, the cone that they normally have on with that plastic one i think it is a plastic cone but the the, the vet has put like a little soft layer on the inside so so kipper she looks like a little rose which is lo- <laughs> which is lovely she's got like a little rose on the um on the inside of the the thing which is is absolutely wonderful um uh, on top of that kipper also won pop of the week at doggy daycare which is brilliant i mean it's wonderful i mean it's nothing compared to being puppy dog of the week um, Kipper was, as I say, nominated uh, a few weeks ago. The certificate arrived last week, and Melissa, who's Kipper's mum, has put it on the front door, which <laughs> I think's great. So all the visitors to the house don't kind of go, oh, I wonder, is this where, is this where Melissa lives? They walk up and they go, uh, who here has been nominated for a, uh, puppy podcast award? Oh, Kipper has. Which is lovely, I think. And thank you so, and thanks as well, because I know a couple of the other um, certificate recipients, or certainly their parents, uh, have uh, have posted photographs showing where the certificate has been placed, and that's lovely. It really does. It means an awful lot. Um, so yeah, get your nominations in the puppy podcast at gmail dot com. One of the things I've been asking this week on social media is how do you discipline your dog, and this has really kind of come about. Just because of how training's been going with um, Elvis and his behaviour has changed a little bit. And I'm going to get into that shortly. Um, and it's very tempting sometimes to react to 
a tap on the nose or to shout or... And I, I will confess, I've tapped him on the nose, I've shouted at him because, that you know, the frustration has, has boiled over. Um, so I was interested to know how we all do it. How do we discipline our dogs? And as a, no, certainly no judgment from me because, you know, I, I am not without sin. So you're going to get no judgment from me. I just know how frustrating dogs can be. And I was just interested as to the difference, uh, between the owners. Uh, Jacqueline got in touch to say it's simple. Praise good behavior, ignore bad. And Cheryl kind of makes a point on that as well. She goes, I'd like to know how to kind of punish bad behavior you know cheryl says i say stop and no she also praises good but she says what do i do like today when i i saw my dog chewing on a throw rug i said no and i took it from him and i i I think that's something i get you know with with elvis's training is it's all uh, what they call positive reinforcement so if they do something good then you reward them for doing something good if you if they do something bad you just ignore them but if they're chewing something like it was with che- with uh, Cheryl, how how can you ignore them dis- destroying something? And I think it is, uh, you know, taking it taking it from him and uh, kind of taking it from him. The way I would do it with Elvis is I take it from him, put it out of reach, and then I kind of don't make eye contact or open my body. Uh, to Elvis for just a couple of minutes, just so he knows that there is there is an issue, because it's so hard to kind of know if what you're telling them off for, if they're going to connect it with what they're doing, or are they going to see it as being something else. Um, Melissa says on the rare occasion that Kipper has done something naughty, I put my hands on my hips and just give her that look she understands that and to be fair melissa a few people have said that that it is it's just all about a look uh, emily says it's so hard in moments of misbehavior i try to remember that watson oh can i have an autograph is just a puppy and most likely the misbehavior was a result of something i did wrong if he chewed something it's because I left it out where he could get it. If he's running away and he's not coming when he's cold, it's because I let him off the lead. If he had an accident on the floor, it's because I neglected to take him out soon enough or I ignored him trying to tell me that he needed to go out. He's still too young to know right from wrong and he isn't choosing to do something out of spite. He just doesn't know any better. Eventually, they do learn. That's the thing I can definitely say. I mean, certainly with um, things like accidents on the floor, they do eventually learn. Uh, I mean, with, when we had Lincoln, we never thought he would get house training. Never. And if you listen, you know, in the, on past episodes, I've talked about that. Uh, I mean, I never, ever thought Lincoln... I never thought the house would not smell of puppy wee. I, I thought the smell would never go. Um, so, as it was, we sold the house, so that's somebody else's problem now. But... <laughs> no... <laughs> I'm only, I'm only joking. He was very house trained by the time we left there, so that was fine. Uh, I and I get what you're saying, Emily. What I wouldn't do, I I, I wouldn't blame yourself. I, you know, I don't think it's necessarily something you did wrong. I think if his recall's bad, it's not something you've done wrong. It's just it's just his behaviour. I think it's just a, an example of the fact that he's really 
interested in in something else. And I think almost every, I mean, incredibly well-behaved dog will, at one time or another, ignore recall because there'll be something incredibly interesting that they have seen. Generally, Lincoln's very good with recall. Um, but if he's seen something else, um, you know, that, that's going to take his, and that's going to take his attention and you generally have to go and, and get him. Um, and, and one of the things that, that I've, I've been told by a trainer in the past and I, I, I kind of get the, the thinking behind it is that every dog has kind of, a, of a, kind of has a, a circle of influence and every dog's circle of influence is a different size. So what it means is that um, if your dog stays within 15 feet of you, every time you call their name, they're going to come back or they're at least going to turn towards you. But outside of that, they're less likely to turn towards you. They're more likely to run off when they see something that really interests them and ignore your calling. Um, and the idea is that you try and keep that dog within that circle and you know it's a bit of trial and error and you but you just try if you see them wandering a bit further you just call them back and make sure you've always got treats i think that the thing we've learned with recall emily is that if you've called them twice and they've not even looked at you you need to stop calling because then all you're doing is letting them know where you are all that your call is doing is let is making them think Okay, so that's where they are. I know where they are, so I can just go back to them. It is a case after that of you need to kind of go after them and put them back on the lead. But similarly, you need to sometimes put them on the lead when they just come back normally. When they, you know, when they have listened to recall. Because you can't have it that the dog sees going back on the lead as a punishment or the end of fun. You know, they need to know that sometimes they just go on the lead and that's it. Uh, and, you know, because Lincoln's quite savvy now. When we go on a walk, he knows when we're getting back towards the car park. So he develops selective deafness. And, and we, you know, you really have to work hard, on, you know, make sure you've got the right treats. So we have his very special treats for when we're getting back near the car so we can put him back on the lead because he doesn't he doesn't want to go on the lead he doesn't want the fun to finish he wants the fun to carry on and on and on and that's and again that's something else that i've learned is that you have to dictate when the fun ends because you're in charge you're the pack leader so if you're playing with them in the garden you have to decide when playtime ends don't let the dog decide you decide you go right okay i'm finished now you know and and for me, again, the way we've done it with Lincoln and again with Elvis is we do it while they're still interested. Don't wait for them to get tired of it and then go, OK, well, I'll stop now. While they're still interested, you go, no, we're done. That's it now. And then, you know, that's the end of place and that's the end of fun kind of thing. I'm awfully sorry, Emily. I realise your comment, you know, seemed to go off into a massive um kind of uh, lecture from myself uh, but good to hear from you Emily thank you very much Russ says um, you have to tell them off straight away otherwise they won't know why they've been told off hitting them is wrong and just causes aggression they don't understand why they've been hit I've always been best to do what their mother would do and that stare at them and then they surrender that, I, I tell you now that is a brave move 
uh, Russ, uh, and thanks very much for uh, for getting in touch with it. Um, uh, Jacqueline says, praise good behaviour and ignore bad behaviour. It worked for me with my dog and my horse. <laughs> Which is good. I wouldn't. Has anybody else got horses? Do you find that training them is a similar thing between the two? Diane says I don't have a dog, but I've got an 18-year-old son. I generally threaten to change the locks or pack his bags and leave him on the doorstep. I'm not sure how that'd work with dogs. Thank, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, good to hear from you, Diane. That's lovely. Uh, Kim says um, I've only got to say to Maggie, "What have you done?" And she scarpers and hides un- under the kitchen table uh, or under the bed. Dennis couldn't give two monkeys. You can shout at him all day, and he'll just look at you as if to say, "Is that all you've got?" Uh, don't bother me. She said. Uh, Kim says um, Dennis has got me beat. The little so and so. Good to hear from you, Kim. Thanks very much. Uh, as I say, I know it's frustrating, and it is. You know, if you walk in on your puppy or your dog, and maybe they have been destructive, and they've destroyed something that you, um, you know, that meant something to you, or it was a magazine you were looking forward to reading. He says, speaking from personal experience, it would be too easy to um, kind of fall back on violence, or you know, just mindless shouting um but i've were and as i say by no means am i angelic with it and there are still times now when i will find myself shouting at, at elvis why can't he understand that this is the you know this is how it should be mainly from him eating his own mess which he's still doing by the way um you know that's generally when it oh why it's such a disgusting habit elvis why do you do it that's you know that's the thing um but thanks very much for all your comments as always don't forget you can always get in touch we are a shop that is open 24 7 about anything that we've talked about in previous episodes um uh we you know we've uh been talking about uh are they cute or clever uh your dog who was the best fictional dog anything that we've talked about in a previous episode we can carry on talking about now you can get in touch on facebook at the uh, puppy podcast page on twitter at puppy podcast on instagram at the puppy podcast uh, or you can email the puppy podcast at gmail.com uh, right time to do dog dog news uh, which uh, we've got a couple of things actually uh, from Dog News. The first one, because uh, I've got quite a sad one and I've got quite a happy one. So I think we'll go with the sad one first. We are in Michigan for the first one. I know there's a couple of people uh, who listen in Michigan. This is about Cena. So you probably know about Cena, who is a bomb sniffing black lab. Uh, she's been uh, working. Uh, sorry, he uh, has been working for the Marines. He retired in 2014. Um, and uh, he was his first um, uh, military wartime partner uh, was Lance Corporal Jeff DeYoung. Um, Cena has become quite poorly, um, and she was ter- she was uh, diagnosed recently with terminal bone cancer. So they gave her a big send off uh, before um, Lance Corporal DeYoung took her. Um, for her final trip for uh, to the vets uh, before she went over the Rainbow Bridge. And hundreds of people came to see Cena. Uh, Cena went for a, a ride in uh, downtown Muskegon. I apologise if I've said that incorrectly. Um, she's had 
Cena, sorry, he has had three tours in Afghanistan with the US Marines and effectively went there to sniff out explosives. Uh, but um, since uh, she's been, uh, obviously she's been poorly and she's since been, um, uh, she's uh, said goodbye and she's passed uh, now. But that was, and some of the pictures, the picture of um, Cena and Lance Corporal uh, de Young in the back of kind of a, a, an open car uh, so they can, you know, say hello to people and people can come up and pet Cena. It's so sweet. A group of people, um, you know, just giving Cena loves and cuddles and stuff. And to be fair, Cena looks so happy in all of it. And there's a picture of uh, de Young carrying Cena. Um and she just, I don't know, he just looks so satisfied, which is lovely. And that's all you want, really. You know, if you do have to say goodbye to your dog, you just want them to know that they've been loved and, you know, know that that they've changed your life and you hope that that, um, that you've changed theirs you know and that's i don't that's that's all that it could be i don't like talking about it too much because then i start thinking about lincoln and elvis and i I get a little bit upset about it so that was the bad one let's do the good one which is uh, a little dog called brownie and uh, footage has uh, emerged from texas with brownie speaking to um uh his owner and it sounds a bit like he's saying the word thank you have a listen, see what you think. Say thank you. <laughs> Say thank you. Say thank you. <laughs> oh, I love you. Yeah, so apparently... <laughs> apparently... He, that sounds like thank you. Yeah, I go with a bit of that. That's lovely. I love I love stuff like that. I love anything of kind of dogs talking. Uh, so that was Brownie uh, and um, uh, Brownie's owner is Angelica Alvarado. Uh, you can find uh, Angelica on Twitter at Angeli underscore Avocado. Uh, so you can uh, you can check that out and uh, there'll be more videos from Brownie, I am sure. Um, so talking about Elvis, um, there's been a bit of garden damage. Um, I think I said this uh, in, in the past couple of episodes that we've realised that you absolutely can never leave him unsupervised. He's always got to have somebody watching him. And I I don't mean, you know, that doesn't mean that in the past, you know, we've gone out on a big shopping trip and just let them have free reign. But there's times when, if I'm working in the kitchen, here, um, Elvis and Lincoln are in the back garden. um, And, you know, I've let my mind wander. We can't, we've realised we can't really do that. He needs someone watching him pretty much all the time and if you can't see him you need to get your eyeballs on him as soon as is humanly possible because it generally means he's doing something that he shouldn't um so there's been a bit of uh, of garden damage he's been digging up uh, the borders that seems to be his big thing if he's left to his own devices so these big holes have been appearing and then i have to spend time sweeping it all up and filling the hole back in and you know and all this which he sees as an absolutely wonderful game um we had a little bit of uh, of a problem with his kind of his toilet training when we got up the other morning he he'd messed in his 
crate overnight, which was very unusual. There was no, it's been fine since it was just this one night. Uh, I, I put it down to the fact that they'd been, while we were away, uh, while Joe and myself were away, they were in um, kind of luxury boarding kennels, and we heard uh, from the guys there. And I don't know whether that just kind of played with his body clock a little bit. Um, the upside for, from him messing in his crate, certainly from my point of view, is the fact that it was the morning that Joe was getting the dogs up, and I get to have a little bit of a lying in bed. So she was not impressed with that. <laughs> uh, and one of the other things, I'm going to try and get this on camera, but it's really hard. Um, uh, Lincoln and Elvis have been um, trying, I think they're, they're getting ready to um, audition for the next series of Britain's Got Talent, because um, they've been doing circus tricks. And basically they do one. And what it tends to be is Lincoln will be on his back and Elvis will stand over him and they'll kind of do that play fighting thing that they do. But then Lincoln will put all four paws um, underneath Elvis and kind of flip him up in the air. And Elvis loves this. Thinks this is the most wonderful thing in the world. So yeah, we're going to send them off to uh, make us some money. You know, crack on, get a job, for goodness sake. And if it means joining the circus and being away for... 52 weeks of the year, well, that's the way it has to be. Um, and also, we, I mean, the other thing we've noticed with Elvis on a more serious note is there is some real separation anxiety when Elvis isn't with Lincoln. Um, so uh, we, ha we generally walk them, when we do like a block walk of an evening, just, you know, around the block, make sure they're okay. Um, we walk them separately. So... Elvis, one of us will stay at home with Elvis and the other one will go out with Lincoln and Elvis is just beside himself. He just doesn't, doesn't know what to do, you know, just whining all the time. And it's, you know, so it is a separation anxiety. Sadly, it's a separation, a separation anxiety that only goes one way. When Elvis isn't there, Lincoln kind of looks at us in that way of, have I gone deaf? Is that uh, which is, there you go. Uh, and I know we always do things that Elvis has eaten, but genuinely, I can't think of anything. Over the past week, he has been quite... I mean, we, you know, we've still got twigs, we've still got his own mess, and bits of dirt, but there's been nothing, you know, certainly nothing to match Buddha, Buddha's bum, which we, <laughs> we've had in the past. Um, uh, so, yeah, I know. I, I'm quite... As much as I'm pleased... I'm quite disappointed. I've got nothing to bring you on that. Uh, training, though, uh, walking him on the lead or getting him to walk to heel is slowly but surely improving. I mean, the first few minutes of walking him are incredibly frustrating. That It's more of a, a wrestle than uh, a walk. But then he calms down to a, a, a simmering pull, 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 pull um, after that. The, the thing that's the, 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 the problem with Elvis at the moment um, is the biting. Um, it is becoming a real problem. Um, I've got my family coming this weekend, and I'm I'm pretty worried uh, about him and my younger adopted uh, brothers and sister. I mean, I'll let you know how we get on, but he just, he can't, if he comes and cuddles up to you, you can stroke him for a bit, but then after a couple of minutes, he's like, I'm bored of this, I want to bite your hand. And then it just becomes like a, a wrestling match, or you just end up kind of making him get down. So that is becoming. So I've been speaking to a couple of people, and we're going to, you know, we're trying a few things, you know, because they're all about just ignore him, or and it's fine for us to ignore him, but children, 
it's harder to explain to children of just ignore him. Don't even make eye contact with him. Don't even look at him. Don't turn away from him. Because, of course, children will do that because if they feel frightened or, uh, you know, intimidated in some way by the dog, they'll kind of turn their back on him. And he just sees that as a big game. I'll let you know and I'll keep you. And, of course, any suggestions, any advice you may have, I'd love to hear it. Uh, you can get in touch on the Facebook page, uh, The Puppy Podcast, on Twitter, at Puppy Podcast. On Instagram at the Puppy Podcast, or you can always email us thepuppypodcast at gmail.com. You can, if you wish, subscribe to the Puppy Podcast and make sure you never miss an episode. Thank you if you do that already. It really means a lot. We are on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play and iHeartRadio and all good podcast apps. If you've got a podcast app and the Puppy Podcast isn't on it, do let me know. Uh, message me through social media or send us an email to thepuppypodcast at gmail.com and I will work at getting the Puppy Podcast on that particular app as well. But I'm slowly but surely kind of working my way through the tens of, uh, many tens of podcast apps uh, that are out there. As always, thank you so, so much uh, for listening. Remember to like, remember to share Remember to get involved. This has been a Monkey Pants production, and I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll see you, you beautiful people, next week. Bye.